This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel, the official travel agency of Communicore Weekly. Email Communicore Weekly at fairygodmothertravel.com to book your vacation today. Again, fairygodmothertravel.com. Welcome to season three. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born. I what? Fish what? Pair. What is happening with you over there, George? I think it said fish pair of independently born identical twins. I like fish because they're so delicious. Isn't that the theme song for the goldfish? I like fish because they're so delicious. Yeah. Oh wait, but they're not a sponsor though. Oh. But I can well, eat anyways. them every day, and my mom says that's okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, so instead of re-recording it, I'll just say, I'm George. And I'm Jeff. Thanks for <laughs> listening, guys. So we were thinking, you know, since D23 tickets will be on sale by the time this comes out, maybe, maybe Commutacore Weekly should do something the weekend of D23. And we kind of wanted to see what you guys felt about that. Would you be interested if we did like a live show on like Friday or Saturday night somewhere local to the area? You know, because we want to do fun stuff with you guys. Yeah. And, it, and it'd be just more than the two of us talking. We're talking about bringing the Communicore Weekly Orchestra with us in tow. So it could be pretty spectacular. That, mean, this, that would be the second time in Communicore Weekly history that all four of us would be there at the same time. With musical accompaniment and Disney snarkiness. I mean, it's pretty great to do that in front of a live studio audience, I think. Yes, it was. Uh, the, hearing everybody sing yes. the Five Legged Goat song sing and the Communicore Weekly and, theme. Oh, yeah. So, if you're kind of, if you could plan on going to D23 and you'd be interested, shoot us an email at communicoreweekly at gmail.com and uh, let us know if you'd be interested in a live show and we'll consider maybe putting one together. Maybe. So this weekend, I was lucky enough to check out Scare LA in Los Angeles, and it was the second annual uh, premier haunt convention for the Southern California, Northern California area too, actually, for, let's just say all of California area. Um, and I went because A, I live here, and B, George is afraid of anything that goes bump in the night whatsoever. So, of course, I am the natural choice to go. Yeah, I'm not listening to this segment at all. No, he's going to plug his ears up. Yeah. Nah. Um, so, if you remember from last year when I was talking about haunt stuff, I did a review of Not Scary Farm. Uh, we talked about Blackout a little bit, talked about Delusion. And it was a lot of the same type of stuff. A lot of those people were here promoting their events. There's a lot of home haunts as well, like regular everyday people who actually just create haunted houses by their own house uh, during the Halloween season just because they love doing it. 
And uh, there, there was two of them that really stood out. There was a uh, Paradition Home and the Curse of Devil Swamp. Those were two home haunts, and I was very impressed by their little mini setup that they set up on the floor. Because aside from being a convention where people were hawking their wares and trying to sell you stuff uh, for your home haunts or just random stuff, they actually did have a couple of walkthroughs for people to experience. And you know, it, it's amazing what you can do with a little bit of space and a lot of creativity, and uh, how how scary things can get. So. Um, <laughs> Um, it was, it's really cool what, what they do and the stories they come up with. Um, but it, it was on the second floor of this convention center, and as soon as you op- the, the elevator doors open, because you had to take the elevator, um, you walked right into this little uh, area for Delusion, which was my favorite haunt of last year. And they were promoting their upcoming season, and it's called Lies Within. And I am super duper excited. If I had to drag George to one of these, <laughs> it would be Delusion, because it's not scary per se, it's more like an interactive play. And uh, okay. it's a lot of fun. I, I well, really. If we can do a Kickstarter or something. Well, I'll do a Kickstarter. Let's get you out here, man. <laughs> Kickstarter to scare me? Yeah. I think people would be into that, actually. Well, you know, I'm, we have I'm, sadistic planning fans on, sometimes. I'm planning on doing Scarewinds this year. There we go. So, you know, that could be the start. Heck yeah. Either I'll love it or I'll die. You'll probably die. Um, they also had a lot of cool stuff in the back. Uh, there was this one mini simulator called Hellevator, which uh, is a simulated elevator ride. I actually went in it twice. I went in it in the morning with uh, Norm, and we had this kind of bunny mask who was our elevator operator. And then later on, I took Colby Radigan with me, and hey. we had a, uh, a pretty pretty attractive-looking dead nun as our a, uh, <laughs> uh, elevator operator. And both times, they did a pretty impressive job of making it seem like you're actually in an elevator. Um, I also saw Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. Uh, they did a show called Urban uh, Urban Death, which was kind of little vignette pieces, which I don't want to say anything about them because they're really off the wall and bizarre, but I actually strangely mm. enjoyed every one of them. Um, so if you're in the L.A. area, I would definitely suggest checking out one of their shows sometime. Wow. Um, there were a bunch of various vendors. I actually bought some books of all things at uh, this horror convention. Um, not even <laughs> horror books, to be honest with you. I bought like an Indiana Jones book and two other things. <laughs> um, creature features. Uh, I don't know if I, we said this in the show before, but their creature features is this great um, novelty store slash art gallery in Burbank. And we're doing a Museum of the Weird art tribute show there in September. And they actually had a little setup of some of the uh, pieces that people created based on uh, or inspired by Rolly's art from Museum of the Weird. So it was cool mm. to see some of the, these pieces up close. And there's going to be like hundreds more at the show. So that's going to be uh, really cool. You should check that awesome. out at CreatureFeatures.com. Um, but... I also did Alone, which was a pretty much, it was a 20 minute haunt, it was on the extreme side, kind of like Blackout, and it was like two notches below Blackout, it wasn't as extreme, but it was one of those few things where you had to go through alone, and experience by yourself, and you were manhandled, and you were pushed around, and you were shoved around, and there was stuff put on your face, and you were put inside a, uh, a trash barrel and you roll across the floor and why uh, does this sound like walking through New York City uh, it's very similar to walking through New York City which I do have experiences with oh, okay. Um, okay. It, it was it was cool that they set this whole thing up because they it, I, again, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but there was a part in the beginning where you weren't sure where the experience actually started because um, mm. they called you when when they were ready for you and these things happen while you're still on the show floor and you're not entirely sure is this part of the experience or is it not it kind of blurs <laughs> the lines of, of reality 
which was the theme of the haunt itself. So they yeah. did a, a very good job of that. I came out looking like uh, I was had yes, more I paint on my face. I saw the photo. I was like, what? It was a good time. There was one scare. I don't know if you've ever seen a movie like this before, George, because you get scared of this stuff. But, you know, the light would blink. It was like a strobe light every five seconds. And there was, you know, people at the end of the hallway. And the oh. light would blink. And they'd be closer and closer oh. and closer. And it was... It was very cool to see that executed in real life, not on a movie screen. And it was especially creepy because they were two, uh, I, they were, I guess, twin girls. They were, you know, around in their 20s or whatever. But the closer they got, it, 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 it was still dark, I couldn't see them. But the last time, they were both standing next to me and they said my name oh. in my ear at the same time. And I was like, probably <sighs> one of the most effective <clears throat> scares ever. Yeah. Um, well, Which means you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um anything exciting happen though i mean besides being scared to death running anybody cool or... i accidentally ran like literally ran into john landis who was there announcing the american werewolf uh in london maze for uh horror nights at universal which was wow. really cool because i like literally bumped into him and i said i apologize and then i was like oh oh man you're john landis <laughs> i really like american werewolf in london and he was like oh thank you and he kept walking along it was very very bizarre <laughs> But, you uh, just start doing the moves for Thriller? No, no, no. I should have. Why yes. did I not think of that? I'm assuming no one has ever done that before. No, probably no one has done that thing before. Done we should before. probably be the first people to do that. <laughs> um, but thank you. I got to say thanks to Scare LA for allowing me to come and cover the event. I posted a ton of pictures on Instagram, a couple of them on uh, the Nuclear Weekly Facebook page. Um, there is one haunt I'm going to check out specifically because it's called The Ghost Train. And... Come on. Yeah. It's called The Ghost Train. How can I not go check it out now? It's family-friendly, too. So if there's any uh, cadets in, in the Los Angeles area, because it's at the Los Angeles... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's live at Griffith steamers. Park. So we yeah, should all go Los together. Angeles live steamers are doing it, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think okay. so. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good time, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I'm very excited for Halloween and having George come out here and pee his pants. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering how to tie the goat line into that. Like, if you'd like to see George be his pants, no, we can't say that. No, because um, I don't want to see that. I mean, I do, <laughs> but I don't. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But if you have any thoughts on Scare LA or, you know, haunts, not scary, not scary farm, excuse me, or any local or regional haunts that you go to, call us on the goat line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. This week's book is The Tarzan Chronicles by Howard E. Green. So The Tarzan Chronicles is a much larger format book. Uh, it clocks in 192 pages, and it's 13 and a half inches by 10.2 inches. So it's really big. I make sure you have a big bookshelf when you buy this one. Uh, it is a bit larger than most normal art of type books and was released in 1999, about two weeks after the animated film of the same name. And, you know, it's a really interesting book because it's different from most of the other books about animated films of the time because of its size and approach. So, you know, after Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and the other blockbusters from the second golden age of animation, the animators in the films are treated more like rock stars. And this book sort of does the same. 
Uh, I've always loved the tar animated Tarzan film, which you guys will hear about later. Uh, I felt it was vastly underappreciated, and I've had this book for a while, but didn't really want to read it until the recent Blu-ray release. Um, Tarzan itself, the Tarzan Chronicles, is divided into five sections, all tied to the five songs that Phil Collins wrote for the film. And I'll go through those pretty quickly. Don't want to bore you to tears. Uh, the first section, You'll Be In My Heart, really uh, talks about the beginnings and the early development of the story, the characters, and the production staff. There's a lot of pre-production art and anecdotes about you know, how the team came up, came together, and how they spent years on the script to get it really hammered down. One of the really unique features about the book uh, through its entirety is the inclusion of journal entries from the producers, the animators, and Phil Collins about their entire process. It's pretty eye-opening to see their doubts, their thoughts, and their triumphs documented this way because they'll write, you know, February 16th, 1997, we just, you know, created, had this breakthrough with the character, blah, blah, blah. Lots Dear of Diary, should I have Dear broken this. up the band? <laughs> Okay, so the second section, You'll Be In My Heart, is wholly dedicated to creating Tarzan for the film. It was really interesting to see Glenn Keane's thoughts on the difference, uh, you know, between animating the beast and Tarzan, especially since everyone knows what a man in a loincloth looks like and how he should move. Um, that's a very awkward sentence, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> he said it was the, uh, the hardest animation that he's ever done at that point because everybody knows what a muscle looks like and what it should look like on a human form. Uh, we're also introduced to Deep Canvas. That's the animation system that was created for Tarzan that was incredibly hyped and really made the film a standout. And Deep Canvas was used on the Atlantis film, but not much after that from what I understand. Okay, the next one, uh, Strangers Like Me, covers the rest of the characters in the film. Lots of concept artwork and stories about from the team about how the characters were created and designed. Two Worlds is a section that covers the development of the jungle and jungle life. It's one of the most beautiful sections of the book. And, and sort of like, you know, the jungle book, the jungle in Tarzan is a major character. And I really found myself spellbound by the images in the film and the book. You know, we also learn a lot more about the creation and the use of deep canvas in this section. So the final section, Trash in the Camp, is dedicated solely to the music of the film. Uh, it's more than just about Phil Collins' songs, but also about Mark Mancina, who composed the score. And it's interesting to see how the songs were born and raised, so to speak, as well as Phil Collins' fear of working on such a big project and a Disney film. Okay, it, it is a gorgeous book. As I've mentioned, it's really large, and it's a must-have if you're a fan, a huge fan of the Tarzan film, or Phil Collins, I guess. Uh, animation fans are going to enjoy it, and it does a great job of creating a historical slice of, you know, how animation was done at that time, and, you know, the this is the end of the Disney Renaissance itself, and we won't really see anything until more recently. Anyway, so this week's book was The Tarzan Chronicles by Howard Green. What we liked, what we didn't like, in the booze, 60-second review! So Disney has been releasing uh, Blu-rays like nobody's business in the last uh, couple of weeks, and they all come out at the same time, um, so we, we couldn't review them all at once because there's so many. But this week, we're going to take a look at Bedknobs and Broomsticks, uh, Tarzan, and also Hercules, or should I say Huncules. Am I right, girls? Am I right? No? Okay. So... 
Let's talk about Bedazzle Broomsticks first, a film that I remember fondly from my childhood that I watched a lot and I haven't seen in years and I watched again and I didn't enjoy nearly as much as I remember uh, enjoying it when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this was a 1971 film and it follows along the same lines as Mary Poppins because a lot of the same people worked on Mary Poppins. But with less Mary Poppins. But with less Mary Poppins. 100% and, less Mary Poppins. You know, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang came after it, which had a lot of the same people as well. That's true. Um, you know, I, I, I saw this one as an adult a few years ago and was like, what did, what did I just watch? You know, I don't remember a lot of it as a child, just bits and pieces. Um... I remember for some reason thinking that Murder, She Wrote was a sequel to Ben Dobbs and Broomsticks <laughs> when I was a kid. I never actually watched an episode of that when I was a kid, so I wasn't entirely sure, but I just had a weird time understanding where the story went from here. But yes. um, a lot of nostalgia in this film. Uh, I, George, I know you sent me a message over the weekend, a text message after you watched it, that you thought it was a little bit too long, and I agreed. Um, yeah, it was, and they actually had cut it. Yeah. You know, when it debuted at Radio City Music Hall, they cut it down by, like, 35 or 40 minutes so who knows what it looked like before that yeah so we've got the the version that's been reinstated so to speak yes it's all the extra scenes but not all the extra scenes because there's still things they cut out um but yeah but i I thought it was a little too long but but it looks gorgeous it looks great it sounds great sounds good Good and i was surprised how uh, the the special effects held up really well too actually i was pleasantly surprised by that as well and uh speaking of special stuff special features were pretty good too i'm not gonna lie um, there that's was, uh, um, there, I don't remember anything was new. Uh, no, there's, really. there's nothing that's new. They're Everything all... was from the 2009 release on the DVD. Yeah. So if you don't have that, this is good. Totally but pick it up. What was nice is everything they brought over was, uh, remastered, I think in high def. Which is great for this disc, not so much for the next ones that we're going to move <laughs> on to, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, there's a great um, Sherman Brothers documentary called Music Magic. Yes, that was that excellent. Actually, is really wonderful to see the brothers and hear some songs and stuff like that. So anyway, so moving along. What are we going to go on next? We're going to do Tarzan? Yeah, might as well do Tarzan. Let's do Tarzan. You know, we covered that in the book review, but you know, Tarzan, like Hercules, are two of my favorite films. Um... I think they're both fantastic. Tarzan, love the music, love the animation in it. Not a big fan of Rosie O'Donnell, but I think she works as a gorilla. That's all <laughs> I'll say. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. Send your hate mail to... Uh, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this review, we're Communicore Weekly, and if not, we are some other podcast. Um, I, you know, I, I saw this film in the theaters, and I enjoyed it uh, enough then, and I, I don't think I've actually seen it uh, again until just recently, and I found myself enjoying it a little more. Um, it, I, the special features are great, too. They're all in standard definition, though. They're all ports yeah. from the DVD, and some of them are really long. Like, the music one is, like, almost 45 minutes or something. Yeah, it was a long one. The, the special, I mean, you know, but really, you want to get this movie because, or this Blu-ray because of the film. Yeah, the film you itself know? looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. Um, yeah. I think I said that exactly for Bedknobs of Broomsticks as well, but that's okay. I'll, I'll well, keep they've done that. really, they've done great transfers. This um, this recently. go round of disc, I have to say, I'm yeah. very impressed with their transfers. I, you know, in the past we've reviewed some stuff and we're like, eh, it looks okay, like yeah. a VHS copy that we borrowed from <laughs> someone's grandmother. But these films, I think, really do look good. Like yes. Hercules, honestly, I thought oh. looked the best out of all of them. Yeah, Hercules was fantastic, which I guess is the third 
part of the 60 second review so we yes. we had budgeted 20 seconds for each film yeah and we're doing really well so the far the review yeah um, on par for the course hercules uh, or hunkules no still yeah, not yeah anybody okay competes with lilo and stitch for my all-time favorite animated film you're only saying that because susan egan is in it and you're oh. in love with susan egan yes yes but we are not going to be doing susan egan weekly Oh, actually, nope. that kind of that nope. works. Though. Nope, we're vetoing nope. that idea okay. right all now. All right, all right. Don't anyway, need so- any more restraining orders. Let's keep going on. <laughs> so Hercules looks as good as the rest of them, sounds fantastic, and I think it's the strongest of all three releases. I definitely think it has the best story, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the best music. I mean, it, there's yeah. no Phil Collins songs in it, um, but I, I do think for a Disney film, it, this one does have the best music. It's my favorite of, of this bunch of DVD releases, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Um, the the really weren't many extras. There were three. Yeah, this Ricky Martin. I don't song. know who that is. You're <laughs> you're living La Vida Loca with that name. I have no idea what that means. No, living La Vida Loco. Oh, Loco. Yeah, yeah, we'll live that one. Um, I, yeah, there was really no reason. Again, like Tarzan, you're going to buy this film because you want it on Blu-ray. You want to see it in high definition. George is going to buy this film for Susan Egan. Oh, if she needs a copy, I'll buy it. <laughs> but no, it, it looks is. great, Ma- too. It's awesome. It's gorgeous. I'm going to keep saying that. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, so my own podcast, Meg Weekly. Oh, my Meg Weekly. You <laughs> and your animated crushes. Come on. Hey, it's, I can't help myself, so... Um. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to say Tarzan and, and Hercules definite thumbs up for me, and I'm going to say Ben Dobbs of Broomsticks and Murder She Wrote. Uh, oh, you know that's kind of <laughs> iffy. That can go either way. What do you say, George? Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely buy Tarzan and Hercules if you're a big fan of Ben Dobbs and Broomsticks. Yes, buy it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. Oh it's, yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. But it is long and it's that it, it's very slow. Yes. Yeah, and it's very... not as charming as Mary Poppins. And not a... no Mary Poppins, no Julie Andrews. Because yeah. basically, if they didn't get the rights to Mary Poppins, this would have been released instead. But it's still good. It's still good. still good. You just have so. to sit down in, in four sittings and watch it. Which <laughs> At is least. Fine. So, yay, Blu-rays. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. Way back in episode 129, we told the tale of Big Thunder Mountain, and it was the the old story of the attraction that they don't really pay attention to anymore, of how the town was actually built on an ancient Indian burial ground, hence the spirits taking over and causing whatever catastrophe they cause, depending on what park you're in, and the ghosts causing trains to actually run by themselves. Well. At the Magic Kingdom version uh, at Walt Disney World, you'll actually can still see the chief of this really ancient uh, Indian tribe. And where is this chief, you may ask? Well, he's actually built right into the mountain itself. Now, if you look at the top of the peak of the mountain itself, you can find the rocks form the chief's face, along with an authentic, uh, excuse me, authentic Native American headdress. And he's actually staring down at guests who are stepping foot on his ancient burial ground. And you kids better stay off his lawn, otherwise he's gonna blow his ghost whistle. I knew it was coming, and it still surprised me. Um, How could I talk about Big Thunder and not do the ghost whistle? And not mention the ghost whistle. Come on, at all. Got to do it. (laughs) Got to do it. And let's see. So we have a a, a buy now for next episode. Uh, Sure. Is it every other episode we do the ghost whistle or? Uh, 
don't remember. I think I did it last one. <laughs> we'll have to mix it up. Some. We'll have to. We'll have to wait two now. <laughs> we'll probably lose a lot of listeners. Sorry, guys, because we don't have the ghost whistle going. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. Yes, please leave us a comment and give us a rating on the good old iTunes. We love reading those uh, those reviews that you guys leave us. Especially the good ones. Especially the good ones. Mostly the good ones. I mean, the, the bad ones are entertaining as well, but usually we read them in funny voices like, Jeff and George are the worst. I don't think we've ever gotten a review like that, actually. We're going to get one like that now. We're going to get one now. And Russ, so if you do that, you're in trouble. Yeah, Russ, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, so you can always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com and ask us questions, give us ideas for topics, or just tell us how awesome we are. Mostly the last one. Exactly. Also, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. Still posting those pictures every week. All, <laughs> all those theme pictures. Not giving up, guys. Not yet. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imaginerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbach. And of course, give us a call on the Communicor Weekly Goat line at 424-785-4628. Get, leave us a message. We want to hear from you guys. And did you grow up wearing mouse ears? I grew I up wearing asking, mouse ears. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, good. I, was, I was hoping you'd answer. Um, that's one of the amazing songs that you can hear on Communicore Weekly, the musical. Make sure to grab your copy on Amazon, CD Baby, iTunes, or listen to it for free on Spotify. Heck hey. yes. Of course, please purchase some shirts from us at the Communicore Weekly web store. If you go to CommunicoreWeekly.com, click on the store link, you'll get to the shirts. We actually have two shirt stores right now because we're kind of transitioning between the two, Redbubble and TeePublic. But TeePublic is a teensy bit cheaper the, that way around. Um, Actually, some of our Communicore Weekly shirts are still $14 for some reason on there. So depending on where you listen to this, it's either $14 or $20. So get in there while you can. <laughs> and so you got a coupon. Yes, um, you got to have coops. Do it that way. Well, uh, for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Bang, rang.